Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for what your word does. Thank you for the power in your word. Lord, may it transform our lives, change our lives as we listen to it. Holy Spirit, anoint it to destroy yokes and lift burdens, to illuminate, uh, give us direction, to do all these things and more, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Last week, Sunday, um, we talked about being qualified by grace. Uh, as we told the story of the two spies who were sent by Joshua to spy out the land, who came and were kept by Rahab, their encounter with Rahab, uh, the promise they made to Rahab, um, and all that spoke into our lives. And that chapter, the second chapter of the book of Joshua, ends with this phrase, uh, Joshua 2, verse 24. And they said to Joshua, well, this is when the spies had come back and they now brought a report. They said to Joshua, Truly the Lord has delivered all the land into our hands, for indeed all the inhabitants of the country are faint-hearted because of us. They said, the land is ours. It's obvious from uh, what Rahab told us about the state of mind of the of, of the land, of those who are in the nation. They are so afraid, it's obvious that God has delivered that land to us. Um, we are at this stage coming towards the end of their journey into God's promises. They, they can see literally the promised land, that land that God promised them flowing with milk and honey. They can sense it. They, they know that they are coming to the end of this journey. Um, in, a, in a way that we do as well, we, we feel that what we started a year and a bit ago is coming towards an end, in that there are certain things that God has promised to do. We say that God is doing a new thing, and we sense this is the time, this is the season. We are coming into a, a new place. And as they looked towards that good place, that land that was described in the Bible as a land flowing with milk and honey. A very powerful description of a good land. They saw before them an obstacle. It was between them and what was ahead. If they couldn't get over that obstacle, they couldn't enter God's promises. It loomed large before their eyes. What was this obstacle? It was the river Jordan, a massive mass of flowing water. And at this particular time, it was spring, and the river Jordan was swollen and overflowing its banks. It stood there between them and what God had promised them. It assailed their senses. 
They could literally touch what God had promised them. He had given them this land, this land that was flowing with milk and honey, a good land. But before them was this body of water that was swollen and overflowing its banks. A torrent of water rushing along its way, moving with force, carrying everything in its, in its path along with it. A torrent of water that spoke very loudly to them. My, to some it would have been threatening, but to all of them it was a barrier, an obstacle. If they couldn't get over the Jordan, they couldn't inherit what God has promised them. It told their senses that you can't go any further. It's impossible. They would drown if they attempted to cross it. I can imagine the questions that were in their minds as they literally could touch what God had promised. How are we going to get to the other side? How is God going to do it to get us across this Jordan? Because if we don't cross this Jordan, we can't enter God's promises. If you want a title for today's message, it's a very simple title, Cross Your Jordan. You see, because for them, this promise of God was, was land. It was physical. It was the land that was inhabited by hostile tribes that they had to dispossess of the land. The Hittites, the Hevites, the Jebusites, the Amalekites, the Philistines, loads of hostile tribes. But it was land. And wherever the sole of their feet would tread upon, they would possess the land. But then you and I know, having been on this journey, that God has made a similar promise to us. But for us, it's not necessarily physical in terms of being land. It is the promises that God has made to you and I, thousands of them that are your possession and my possession. And for them, there was this massive barrier, the River Jordan, just as they were coming towards the end that was an obstacle between where they were and where they knew that God had promised them. Most of us will have a Jordan that we are dealing with. Something that is standing in our way, an obstacle, looming large, threatening possibly. Something that the enemy wants to put in our way to stop us from entering the fullness of what God has promised you and I. What is your Jordan? I know I have my Jordan that I must cross over and I am determined to cross over it. What is your Jordan? For them it was physical. For most of us it will be mental and spiritual. Something that is just an impregnable, it would seem to be an impregnable fortress that we can't get through if we are going to enter the promises of God we must get over it. Cross your Jordan. And whilst the list is not exhaustive, there are four 
things that commonly constitute a Jordan as God is taking a people from where they are to where he wants them to go to. Number one is fear. That crippling, sometimes paralyzing feeling that brings in its wake anxiety and worry that somehow holds people back. The exact opposite of what is needed to go into what God has promised. For as we say all the time, the currency of our kingdom is faith. By faith we possess. By faith we will take the promises of God. By believing and trusting in God. But then where there is fear, there can't be faith. There are opposite sides of the same coin. And so when fear comes, it cripples, it paralyzes, it brings anxiety and worry and stress. Where fear has a seat, a throne, it's obvious that faith cannot be there because I can't be afraid concerning what God has promised and at the same time trust God for what God has promised. And so I say to you, if that fear is your Jordan, by the grace of God, the word of God is clear. He has not given you that spirit of fear. He has given you spirit, a spirit of power, a spirit of love, a spirit of a sound mind, his spirit. I declare to you that you are crossing that Jordan. You are crossing that fear. In the name of Jesus, you're putting that fear behind you. I speak to every spirit of fear. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I command you to take your hands off the life of that child of God. You will no longer cripple that child of God, paralyze that child of God, mock and taunt that child of God. That child of God is going into God's promises because your hold is broken over her life or your hold is broken over his life in the name of Jesus Christ. Number two, what is your Jordan? Sin. The prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah, the 59th chapter, verses 1 and 2, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. What is the prophet saying? It's not a God problem, it's a sin problem. It's not that God is incapable, not that God cannot do it. Not that it is too difficult for God. Is anything too hard for, for him, he asks. Nothing is too hard for him. Nothing is impossible with him. But when sin is introduced, it causes God not to do what he had purposed to do in a person's life. And for someone... Your Jordan is that sin, that besetting sin. That sin that so easily ensnares you. You find yourself in a cycle of that sin. 
Today you think you have broken through. Sadly, tomorrow you find yourself back in the grip of that sin. The writer of the book of Hebrews says in Hebrews 12 verse 1, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. I'm speaking to you. You know yourself. You know that you're caught in a cycle. It's almost like an addiction. You just simply can't get away from it. It looms large before you. It threatens you like the Jordan would have been threatening to the children of Israel. It mocks you and it taunts you. Just when you seem to have escaped, it, its hand stretches and pulls you back, grabs hold of you by the scruff of your neck and pulls you back. You know what I'm talking about. The cycle of sin, whatever that sin is. For weeks, maybe months, you think you have gotten away. But then suddenly it rears its ugly head. It's a Jordan that wants to prevent you from entering the fullness of what God has promised you. By the grace of God, deliverance comes your way. By this word... And by your obedience to it, deliverance comes your way. You are not a slave to that sin. You can break its hold over your life. And I declare it broken by the power of God in the name of Jesus. That cycle is broken in your life in the name of Jesus Christ. That Jordan is going to be crossed over. You will cross over that Jordan to enter the promises of God. Number three, what the Bible calls in that scripture I read to you, the weight. The Bible says, lay aside every weight. And what do I liken those weights to? I liken them to issues that we have with our personalities. Things that have come about as a result of life circumstances. Most of the time, wounds that have been created that have never really fully healed. The result of these things is that we carry within ourselves certain things that are weights that won't allow us to run at the race of life in the way that we should they act as obstacles to us entering the fullness of what God has promised us. They could be emotions like anger and shame and guilt. Maybe an inferiority complex. Something that tells you all the time as God promises, you read his promise, you hear his promise, you hear what he has in store for you, but something tells you that it's not for you, that you don't qualify, that you don't have what it takes. Something, some, some voice in you that constantly seeks to put you down. And, and sadly, you might have cooperated with the voice to put yourself down. 
These are weights. The weight of unforgiveness. The weight that just creates a victim out of you. So a victim mentality sets in. And the list goes on and on. But you know what it is. What is that Jordan that is interwoven with your personality? And you might have carried it along for quite a number of time, for, for, quite, for quite a long time, many years perchance. So much so that you might have got used to it. It is now time to drop that weight. It's time to cross over that Jordan. God says, I do a new thing. Forget the things of the old, that are old. Forget the past. It's time to leave that thing in the past. It's time to allow the, the Spirit of God to heal the wound once and for all so that you can go on into the future. The wound that won't let you trust others, that is stopping you from enjoying the fullness of what God has planned for you. Number four, unbelief. Just not believing, not receiving, embracing. And you know, the power of unbelief is brought home in the life of our, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as a lesson to us, for us to understand the power of unbelief. He goes home to, to Nazareth. Prior to that, he has performed some amazing miracles that are recorded for us in the Gospels. But when he gets to Nazareth, not much happens. Same man, same anointing, same Spirit of God on him, but not much happens. And the reason is simple. Matthew 13, verse 58 now, he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Just simply because they didn't believe, not much could happen. You could have sat under this teaching for a year and it could have just been another teaching. You could have heard a prophetic word, God is doing a new thing, and it could just be another word. You can go through the motions but if you understand how the prophetic word is unlocked, you understand that it is critical that you embrace it, you believe it. You trust in the word. You trust in the God behind the word. For where there is unbelief, it is a massive barrier to walking into what God has promised. For how can you receive what has been promised to you if you don't believe the promise that has been made to you? Now, of course, this is not exhaustive a list with regards to Jordans. There might be things I haven't mentioned that you know are particular with regards to you. But whatever is stopping you from entering what God has promised is a Jordan that you must cross over. We learned some lessons from the instructions that were given by God to Joshua to pass on to the children of Israel with regards to their crossing the Jordan. 
These instructions that we're giving speak to us today as we determine to cross over whatever our Jordan is to enter God's promises. Number one, we learn. Out of what he spoke in Joshua, the third chapter, verses two and, and three. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp and they commanded the people saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priest and the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Number one, we learn that to cross this Jordan and enter the promises, we must go after the presence of God. He, the instruction to them was, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord, the ark of the covenant of the Lord was a physical representation of the presence of God. The instruction was when you see the physical representation of the presence of God, go after it, follow it. The instruction to us, a New Testament church and as New Testament believers, is that we must go after the presence of God. We must hunger for it, we must thirst for it, we must cultivate it. We must create an atmosphere for it. It must become the priority of our lives, the presence of God. We can't cross the Jordan without the presence of God. I pray a hunger and a thirst for God's presence will come upon you now in the name of Jesus Christ. We must go after, pursue the presence of God. Create time Give it priority in our lives. Seek it. Spend time with God, cultivating His presence. His presence is the key to crossing the Jordan. Number two, second thing. They were given another instruction. Verse four. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure, do not come near it that you, may know, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. You've never gone this way before. That's why God says to you, I'm doing a new thing. New is unprecedented, never been done. It's not refurbished, it's not rehashed. He makes it clear to them, you've never gone this way before. And so he gives them a second instruction. First one, follow the ark. Second one, keep a space between you and the ark. 2,000 cubits, about 1,000 yards. Why, what, why did he give them that instruction? Why is it significant to us? The message was simple. You must hallow, reverence the ark. Don't come too near so that you become unnecessarily familiar with it. And that's a message to us today that we must hallow the presence of God. The culture of today wants to familiarize itself with everything, become over familiar with everything. And we even want to become over familiar with the things of God. But then God is saying, as, as we're taught in the model prayer that we're given by Jesus, that we must hallow his, pre his presence. We must 
treat his presence with reverence. We must understand that it is the presence of God and it must be treated as such. So the instruction to them was keep your distance one, at least 1,000 yards, 2,000 cubits, 1,000 yards, at least must be the distance between you and the presence. What's the message to us? Let's start to treat the presence of God like the presence of God. Let's move away from treating it with, in a careless, negligent way, with levity. Let's understand that it is the presence of God. And that hallowing of God's presence needs to come back to his church. We need to tremble again in our hearts before God. Number three. The third instruction, verse five. And Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. I want to declare to you that God will do wonders in your life. But there is an instruction sanctify yourself, separate yourself. It really is time for us to do that, to begin to understand that we are called to be separated. That means we are separated unto God for a purpose. It doesn't mean that we don't live in the world. It doesn't mean that we don't relate. No, it means that we understand who we are. We understand whose we are. And that is our focus. There are certain things that we can't do, we can't engage in. It means that we understand that we are called to live a holy life. The call from God was be holy as I am holy. We understand that holiness is not an old-fashioned word. It's just a, a, it's a word that calls us to be separated, sanctified, set apart for God. To have God as our priority, to live by the word of God. To understand that we cannot be immersed in the culture of the day, doing what everybody does, living how everybody lives. No, we are a peculiar people. We are God's own chosen. We are called to live like we are God's own chosen. Of course, in certain areas, it makes us countercultural. Yes, we are, because we are peculiar, God's own chosen. The instruction to them was sanctify yourself, cleanse yourself, prepare yourself. If we are going to have the presence of God come like it should, then there is a preparation for the presence of God. There are certain things that we can't do. There's a certain way we can't live anymore because we hunger and thirst for the presence. Separate yourself was the instruction. And then the miracle of the crossing took place, verses 14 to 17. So it was when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as those who bore the Ark came to the Jordan and the feet of the priests who bore the Ark dipped in the edge of the water. For the Jordan overflows all its banks during the whole time of harvest, the time of the harvest, that the waters which came down from upstream stood still and rose in a heap far away, at Adam, the city that is beside Zeritan. So the waters that went down into the sea of Arabah, the salt sea failed and were cut off, and the people crossed over opposite Jericho. Then the priests who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel crossed over on dry ground until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. In the same way, you're going to have a testimony. 
Your testimony will end with that same phrase, that you crossed completely over your Jordan. It was a wonder. It was purely spiritual. In the same way that the crossing of your Jordan is going to be purely spiritual. They could have built a bridge. It could have taken so long. But in the twinkling of an eye, by obeying the instruction of God, they saw a wonder just like God had told them that you are going to see wonders displayed by me. I want to declare into your life that you're entering a season by the grace of God where God will do such amazing things in your life. Your life is going to broadcast the awesomeness, the majesty, and the power of God. God has chosen you to use you and use you in your family and your family and the church to show forth his awesome majesty and power, wonders as he promised. And wasn't it a wonder? The priests obeyed Joshua's instruction. Joshua heard the word of God in much the same way that you're hearing the word of God. And I pray you will obey the word of God. And as the spirit of God amplifies the word of God, you will obey it. Joshua heard the word of God and gave the word of God to the priest. Carry the ark and go towards the Jordan. It's instructive that as they went towards the Jordan, that obstacle was still there, still looming large. I want to encourage you, my sister, go towards that Jordan. Start the journey. Do what you should do. You will see a wonder. You're crossing over that Jordan, my brother. You just have to move by faith to be able to do so. It is a time, it is a time to arise and to move by faith against that Jordan. That addictive sin is broken over your life as you move by faith towards it. I, that fear has to recede as you move by faith towards it. The priest carried the ark of God, the presence of God. As you cultivate the presence and move with the presence of God, spend time in the presence of God and carry the presence of God. Whatever is Jordan before you must give way to the presence of God. And when they got to the Jordan, the banks of the Jordan, of course the Jordan was in full flow, overflowing its banks. That, that's what the Bible tells tells us. Nothing happened yet. Then they put their feet in obedience to God, in obedience to the word of God. My brothers, you obey the word of God. The word of God will bear fruit in your life. Don't forget that was the instruction to Joshua at the beginning. As you obey the word of God, the word of God will prosper in your hands. And as they put their feet in the Jordan, carrying the presence of God. The presence was with them. When you take the presence into that fear, that fear must recede. When that presence confronts the sin, the sin must give way. We are not encouraging you to fight in your own strength. We are saying, no, take the presence of God with you. When the presence of God comes into that situation, that situation must bow to the presence of God. Take the presence of God with you. And as they put their feet in the, in the, in, in the Jordan, an amazing thing happened. Miles away, 
beyond where their eyes could see. The waters of the Jordan that were flowing started to pile up. It's instructive that they couldn't see it with their natural eyes. They just had to trust God that he will do a wonder. We might not sense it, but if we obey, he is already working. And I want to say to you as you begin to embrace the word of God and obey, God is already at work. You might not see it or sense it, but believe me, God is already working. Miles upstream, their eyes couldn't see it. The wonder had already started for the rushing waters of the Jordan were stopped by the power of God and suddenly started to pile up. And as if that wonder was not enough, downstream, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. And as if that wonder wasn't enough, because if you cut it off upstream, it's piling up, cut it off downstream, there'll still be a bit of a flow, the residue. But to make sure it was a wonder, God now dried up the residue so that the ground was not muddy, but was dry, firm, hard, so that they could go through. I want to say to you that the wonder God is, is going to do in your life will be exceedingly abundantly above everything that you can ask or think. God is going to do a wonder. And so as the priests stood with the presence of God, in the midst of the Jordan, Israel crossed over on dry ground. Can I end by giving you some practical things, very practical things, if you want to cross your Jordan? Number one, you must identify your Jordan. Most of us will know. But then if we don't, we have help. No, that's number two, that we enlist the help of the Holy Spirit. It's a spiritual crossing over. We must walk with him, get intimate with him, so that he can help us cross over. He can help us identify what our Jordan is. So number one, identify your Jordan. If you don't know what your Jordan is, how can you cross your Jordan? Number two, Enlist the help of the Holy Spirit. Spend time with Him. As we go into our pursuit of God, devote time to Him. Let Him know that you are waiting. Send a message that His presence is the most important thing. Create time. One of the things that, are, that is needed for Him to come and settle is time. That's why it says, wait upon the Lord. One of the things that we don't do well in this culture is wait for anything. We want everything to come on time. The train must come on time. The bus must come on time. The internet must become faster and faster. The microwave must cook the food as quick as possible. But then there are some things that we have to wait for. And one of them, spiritually, is we wait. 
for the presence of God. Today we celebrate Pentecost. 2,000 plus years ago, a group of people gathered in an upper room. And what did they do? They waited. They obeyed the instruction of God, of Jesus, to go and wait. And when they waited, they were rewarded. Something happened. The presence of God came and transformed ordinary people into extraordinary people. We read about their exploits because they knew how to wait. I pray that you will enter a season of waiting as you cultivate the presence of God. Number two, enlist the hope, help of the Holy Spirit. Number three, we must commit ourselves to daily prayer. Crossing over the Jordan is not something you do in an ad hoc manner. The Jordan is real. It's, it's significant. It's an obstacle. It, it, the enemy wants to use it to stop you from entering what God has planned. And so you can't deal with it today and forget about it till two weeks' time. No. Daily, until you have crossed over that Jordan. Until you've crossed over that Jordan. Daily in prayer. Number four, you must find what the Word of God says about that Jordan. And you must confess and declare it and decree it daily. What does it say about that Jordan? Search the Scriptures. Find out what it says. What is God saying? What is the antidote to that Jordan. The antidote to that Jordan is the promise in the Bible against it. The promise in the Bible that stands against it. And you must confess and speak and declare that word until it changes your life and takes you over the Jordan. And number five, you must separate yourself. You, you can't cross the Jordan and live in a lackadaisical manner. You can't do that. You must be ready to commit yourself. Be holy as he's holy. Whatever the price is, you must be ready. Where the Bible talks about cutting off your hand if it sins, it's helping us understand, not that we physically cut off our hand, but the extent to which we have to go so that we don't live in sin. You must be ready to separate yourself. Hallelujah. You are crossing over that Jordan. I declare to you that the same way the Bible records for the children of Israel, that they cross completely over the Jordan, is the same way that you will be crossing over the Jordan. And I want to say a prayer for you. And what is my prayer? I'm trusting God that the same way that they gathered and they waited, that this season we are entering is, will be one of waiting for us and we will be rewarded in the same way. The Spirit of God, the presence of God will come mightily upon us. And why don't we start right now, Pentecost Sunday, wherever you are, will you just open up yourselves, your heart, to just receive the presence of God afresh. The, the Spirit of God coming upon you in your sitting room, in your bedroom, uh, wherever you are, whatever part of the world. Will you believe that in the next few minutes, 
you will get a fresh touch of the Spirit of God upon your life. The Spirit of God will rest mightily upon you. And for some of you, for some of us, this is, this is, the, this is like a catapult. Uh, we, are, we are thrust across that Jordan. But for every single one of us, the Spirit comes to rest mightily upon us. It happened before, it can happen again. Even right now, wherever you are, we're not limited by the fact that we're not together in one building. No, no, no. The Spirit of God is much, much, much bigger than that. Wherever you are, you can receive the Spirit of God. Will you do that? Will you just open up your heart? You may want to lift hands. You may want to stretch out hands. You may want to kneel. Uh, you may want to lie prostrate. But the key is your heart, that your heart is open. Sweet Holy Spirit, please come. Come, Spirit of God. We are totally dependent on you, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, come, Holy Spirit. Please come, Spirit of God. As we celebrate Pentecost, let the Son of God or daughter of God have a Pentecost experience in their home. Come, Holy Spirit. Come now, Holy Spirit. Come, come and rest upon that child of God. Come into that home, Holy Spirit. Come. The sweet presence of God, come. And as you come, everything that is not of you must recede. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Sweet Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come. We wait on you, Spirit of the living God. We wait on you. We reverence you, Holy Spirit. It's not the work of a man. It's the work of God. Sweet Spirit of the living God. Spirit of life and Spirit of truth. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Do what God has purposed should be done. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Sweet Spirit of the living God, come. We welcome you. We open up our hearts. We open up our homes. We say Holy Spirit, come. Come Holy Spirit, come. We wait on you Holy Spirit. We wait on you Holy Spirit. We wait on you, sweet Spirit of the living God. We wait on you, Holy Spirit. Come, 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 Mandorobo Shendele Brandariandaraba Shendele Bondorobo. Come, Spirit of the living God. Shariandala Mandorobo Ndorianda. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Rest, O Holy Spirit. Rest upon that child of God. Sweet Spirit of the living God. Come, Holy Spirit. We wait on you. Come, Holy Ghost. Oh, we wait on you. We wait on you. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Spirit of the living God. Please come, Holy Ghost. Come, Holy Ghost. We wait on you. We wait on you. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Oh, Come, Holy Ghost. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Oh, sweet Spirit of the living God, come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
Father, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence. Oh, we bless you. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ, accepted him as Lord and Savior, you want this presence to be an abiding presence, to, to be with you all the time. I'd like to say a prayer with you if you will open up your heart and receive Jesus into your heart. If you say these words with me and mean them, then that's all you need to do. The price has been paid by Jesus himself. Just say the prayer and mean every word. Heavenly Father, I receive your son Jesus Christ into my heart, into my life as my Lord and my Savior. Today, I give my life to you. I commit to being obedient to you, to turning away from anything that is sinful and embracing fully your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That's all you had to say. Welcome into the family of God. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. God bless you. Have a fantastic week um, and be expectant. And please cultivate the presence of God. Cultivate the presence of God. You are crossing over your Jordan. Amen. 